Hello everybody, welcome to the HT Review Podcast where every episode I interview artists, designers, oops, <laughs> photographers and creative folks about their relationships with their creativity with new episodes by weekly. So today I have Finba here, which is an architecture photographer. Hello Finba, how are you? Hey Rian, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> Thank you for the invitation to join oh, today. You look very nervous. I'm. Can people see me or can they just hear me? Hear you. Okay. Yeah. Well, they will be able to mm, see that I'm. If I record, it's only snippets of it. Okay. It's not like a full thing. I don't intend to use video. I don't intend to use a YouTube okay. channel. It's going to take a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, how long have you been doing photography? My whole life, actually. I've been interested in photography ever since I was a child. Uh-huh. So I was, I'm a 90s child. Okay. So that was really the transition from analog to digital when I was growing up. Okay. So I remember the first camera I got was probably around the millennium. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those tiny um, digital cameras, probably one megapixel. Wow. Yeah, so I I think I was probably the only child in school to have a digital camera at that time, took it on school trips. (laughs) And that was really the start of uh, really the passion of photography Uh and an obsession, I'd say. Uh So after that, um, eventually my parents bought me a DSLR and then I got into the more technical side of things when I was at school shooting Mm -hmm. architecture and buildings Mm, and mm, cities. mm, That mm. was what really Mm. fascinated me more than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, So all throughout my teen school Mm. years, just exploring the city, taking photographs in my spare time. Mm -hmm. Um, That was together with doing GCSE A-level art Mm -hmm. and then going on to study architecture Mm -hmm. at university Mm-hmm. Again, very active in the photography community, mm. societies, running events, going out every spare moment I had to take photographs of the city. Mm-hmm. And then well, once I graduated, uh, that was when I came to Singapore. So uh, I spent my youth in London, in the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, then seven years ago, came to Singapore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was after graduating from architecture, came here. Um, I suppose that the commercial side of photography also started back at university, doing a few small mm-hmm. commercial things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then coming here was when it really became uh, a commercial as well as recreational. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, busier than ever now, <laughs> doing what I love. Yeah, I think business for you is uh, picking up, right? Yeah, it's gotten... To the point where, yeah, I'm pretty much at full capacity. Um, One man show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people asking if I'm uh, hiring. Um, mm. So are you hiring? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe at some point. Um, I've been expanding the scope of things I, I provide for clients. So mm. th- over 30% is video work as well now. So. Mm-hmm. When it comes to video work, uh, mm. obviously there's a lot of production in the the back end editing mm. work for that. Mm. So, in terms of time, it's probably on site mm. three, four days a week, mm-hmm. and then 
a lot of time in front of the uh, computer doing the, all the editing work. I'd say that for every hour you spend on site, it could be double or triple that yeah, yeah, in, in the editing true. stages. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, how does local architecture inspire your creativity as a photographer? I think we should start by defining local architecture. Mm-hmm. Singapore's at an interesting well, point geog- geographically, mm-hmm. and of course the architecture is intertwined with that historical narrative of the city. So you have a mixture of older heritage structures um, from the 19th century, 18th century, when the British were really... Um, constructing the urban fabric here um, mm-hmm. and then after that it was the transition from a low-rise city into the high-rise high-density city that we know today mm-hmm. post-independent Singapore has obviously evolved and changed a huge amount in, in the past 50 years mm-hmm. and again you have a lot of um, modernist architecture here mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose you could call it tro- tropical modernist as well in, in mm. that it mm. relates to the climate here on the equator, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then um, I say the kind of the globalized architecture, which is the architects mm. creating the memorable mm. buildings that are known around the world, uh, mm. foreign architects, Marina Bay Sands and all of those famous landmarks that we know. Mm. Um, and I do have... Um, I guess uh, I don't have a favorite, say. People mm. say, do you have a favorite style of architecture? Mm-hmm. I, I find all architecture interesting. I think at the end of the day, it begins with um, an interesting story behind mm. the architecture, you know, mm. something unique. Mm. I'm against generic mm. architecture, but mm. um, the story of, you know, the design mm. and how it came about and how it relates to the mm. place where it is. Uh, mm-hmm. If that's there, then I'm obviously interested. Mm. But um, do you have a, your own style of photography? I think style is... Uh, a signature fin bass look. <laughs> <laughs> I think people can sometimes tell when uh, mm. I take um, a photograph that's by me even if you didn't know it's by me maybe sometimes you can tell i can uh, tell you can tell <laughs> <laughs> yeah i yeah. i suppose that's uh to do with perhaps the time of day that i like to shoot and mm-hmm. specific lighting mm. um and i have a obviously i have a a favorite time of day and uh, an image in my mind that i mm. want to achieve when i go out mm-hmm. so i always plan shoots um extremely uh specifically Mm. uh, particularly when it comes to commercial work Mm. so i do a lot of research about when is the perfect lighting conditions Mm. um which could be a specific month Mm -hmm. uh, even because you only get the light that hits certain parts at a certain Mm. time of the year so it's very much planned and then the viewpoints as well Um, so yeah I'll go back again and again even say atmospheric conditions have like a slight haze Mm -hmm. I like the word atmosphere Mm -hmm. Uh, I like images that are soft Mm -hmm. and that are emotive Mm -hmm. so you have to feel something Mm -hmm. when you you see a photograph I feel yeah it has to touch you yeah but does it apply to uh, local architecture 
especially because we have yeah. so many cultures together in Singapore. I'd say that we are in a specific part of the world where you mm. get lighting conditions mm-hmm. that are specific to here. Yeah. And coming from London to Singapore, mm. I think I probably felt it mm-hmm. much more than, mm. say, if I just stayed in one place. Are, are we boring our seasons? <laughs> it's all summer all the way. <laughs> I, no I, do miss, <laughs> I do miss seasons. Yeah. Uh, I miss seasons because time here just goes on. Mm. And, you know, with a season, there's like a closure to the year. It's like, ah, winter's here. Ah, yeah. I can okay, sit okay. by the fire, I can wear coats. And it's like, ah, that marks the end of the year. Mm. Now we're going on to the new year. But mm. here it's just linear. Mm. So time slips away from you. Mm. So I've been here seven years. I don't even know if I can <laughs> compute that. <laughs> okay, but does, does the season uh, affect your photo, photo work? So not so much here, mm. but in other countries it would. So in the UK, mm. you will only get very, very low sun in winter, say 30 degrees above the horizon, which mm. means you get extremely long shadows and you might get areas of darkness mm. uh, for many months and only mm. in, in summer would you would you get those. Here, mm. uh, you have quite a, a range of light, which mm. is which is good, mm. but it comes with other challenges. The weather here is mm. very unpredictable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's very challenging to plan shoots. Yeah. I will always have to have backup dates. Mm-hmm. And if the weather's not good, yeah, then yeah. the day is kind of cancelled. Mm. So uh, dealing with rain is, is another challenge. Mm. Um, but it's something I embrace in my personal work mm-hmm. and sometimes even client work as well even if it rains, Mm -hmm. that is a story worth telling because we're Ah. living in Mm. a tropical climate and Mm. a lot of the times the architecture has been designed to address, Mm. Yes, uh, you know, whether it's overhangs or Mm. covered walkways Mm. or, you know, green roofs. Mm. So it's about capturing a range of different weather, climate conditions. Mm. And sometimes people even hire me just to shoot rain pictures. Oh, really? Yeah, which is, <laughs> I had found really interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Usually, uh, bad weather, we will, we will uh, forecast it and say, hey, let's do this the, another day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I've got a job at the moment where I need to capture it uh, in stormy conditions. Uh-huh. But that's also really hard to plan as well. So yeah. I have an app on my phone, yeah. the NEA one. Yeah. And I will see the clouds moving in mm-hmm. and kind of scroll through the time and say, okay, the wind is blowing from this direction yeah. and then jump in a taxi mm-hmm. to plan, uh, hopefully get there just before it starts. Yeah, that, and I think up. that's very unique to Singapore. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other pr- issue I see is that uh, it's always the space and mm-hmm. the trees. Mm-hmm. So I've seen photographs, uh, photographers in China where they can shoot this one building only, but the rest of the background is empty mm. and not so much trees. I think that is that's also a challenge when we shoot things like that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, That was certainly one thing that I felt moving here was the integration of greenery within the cityscape. Mm. How, you know, lush, lushly planted the planning has been mm. in designing the mm. streetscapes, the urban scapes. But I think it's really nice to frame the buildings within that context. Yeah, And that's often what I try and do is to take a step back, essentially, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and frame it within the context. Yeah. So it, 
it sits in that. Yeah, for example, um, there was one project I did with you. Mm. The the tree just right in front. Yeah, it was in Katong. Mm-hmm. The tree is right in front of the signage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually asked the architect, "Hey, um, how come the tree is right in front of the signage? Oh, because uh, we chop it down, so NEA de- demand that they put it back the right spot with the right species." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had a shoot recently where they had the the tree trimmers come by on the shoot day, and they were trimming the twigs with the cutters. Uh-huh. And it just so happened that that revealed new views of the building, uh-huh. so it was just perfect. Yeah, <laughs> they came by, but yeah, they grow so fast that yeah. a view you might have thought of could uh, disappear. Mm-hmm. I was just shooting Henderson waves mm-hmm. for a client, mm-hmm. and I had been to a certain angle a few years ago, and now uh-huh. the tree has blocked it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, for in Singapore context, local context, in what ways do you use creative composition lighting to enhance the visual impact of local architecture in your images? Mm. From a technical aspect, mm-hmm. things such as composition, mm. it's kind of a second nature to me. So mm. whatever I'm shooting in the back of my mind is how to frame it and mm. working with composition layers to make sure that the proportion is there. Because mm-hmm. when you're shooting architecture, it's all about scale and proportion. Mm-hmm. So those fundamentals are kind of baked into me now. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to framing them, it's about finding creative compositions, which is mm-hmm. how do you place yourself relative to the architecture, working with many different lenses, mm-hmm. from wide angles to zoom lenses. Mm-hmm. I do like longer lenses in in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think things can get quite distorted or kind of mm-hmm. out of perspective if you go too wide. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Singapore, a lot of the time you can find rooftops mm-hmm. or stairwells mm-hmm. and really explore different places which you wouldn't be able to do in other cities. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. actually, like, that was going to be the next question. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like. like it's is it that uh, Singapore's architecture is more interesting to shoot? You mentioned about stairways and all that. I wouldn't say it's more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, interesting is about variety, mm. and there is variety here. I wouldn't say that there's a as much variety as you get in a larger country. Mm-hmm. Singapore is a small place yeah, super and it's small. constrained yeah. by planning mm. and the type of projects you find here. Mm. So they fall into to groups. Mm. Um, so say for instance, like residential, mm. uh, even if you design a, a beautiful, good class bun- bungalow mm-hmm. or a landed property, mm-hmm. There's only so much space you have around yes. it. Your neighbor is still next door mm. and there's a road in front of it. Mm. Whereas if you're in another country, mm. as you said, you'd have that landscape around it. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, there's obviously con pros and cons mm. of shooting here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I like to travel a lot. Mm-hmm. And 
traveling brings me uh, you know many new perspectives mm. so i i love to really explore this part of the world and shoot uh for personal work mm-hmm. yeah next one do you find that your understanding of uh, local culture and history influences the way you photograph architectural landmarks yeah because for me people consider architecture static but in fact it's very much an embodied subject people live in it people change it it evolves over time Mm. Mm. so it's these layers you know, layers of history, layers mm-hmm. of people living in it. And these are the stories I want to capture, mm. really. And for Singapore, it's a city which is evolving so rapidly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's really important. Yes. Um, yes. Firstly, to document uh, mm. buildings which might not be there um, tomorrow. Mm. Um and suddenly a large amount of my personal work is touching that mm. subject. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm very interested in, say, conservation, mm. um, particularly, say, modernist mm. uh, architecture, modernist buildings, which is post-independence, mm. 1970s, 1980s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you take a photograph of, um, say, one of these structures, mm-hmm. You get a glimpse from the outside, but mm. you don't quite get a glimpse of the insides, like how people live there. Mm. And I suppose there's also a difference between shooting commercially and shooting mm. for yourself. Mm. Because when it comes to commercial shoots, there's always an agenda behind the images to say, promote a business, mm-hmm. to get published, to win awards. And I mm. guess that leads to a certain type of imagery being created. Mm. Um, so for my personal work, um, one of the larger projects that I had worked on was called Unit, which was yeah. a, it's, it's a book. Yeah, yeah. tell me more um, about the book. So this this project started during COVID, mm-hmm. um, and it was me and a friend, uh, Samantha, mm-hmm. who's an urban planner. We both studied architecture. Mm-hmm. We were talking over COVID about homes mm-hmm. and you know, the role they play in our lives, obviously COVID disrupted mm-hmm. that. Mm. Um, and in particular, looking at these modernist buildings, because a lot of the times we'd seen them from the outside, but we mm. never got to see what they were like inside. Mm. And they were really interesting from a spatial point of view in their design, mm-hmm. which you don't see today. Yes. Because everything's designed for efficiency mm. and, you know, profit maximization. So essentially designs have shrunk Mm. Um, and they've become a lot more standardized mm. whereas these apartments built in the 80s 70s 80s 90s were all incredibly unique in terms of the way mm. that the layouts were designed it's, say, it's only you're talking about only residential only right yes okay but you do find um commercial mm. ones as well like the old shopping malls mm. uh, which are also a threat they're also really interesting maybe mm. that's another thing we might explore in the future Mm. Um, yeah so we explored 10 different um, developments Mm -hmm. and we spent two years uh, interviewing people that lived in these Mm -hmm. so the book is photographs of the interiors Mm -hmm. uh, as well as interviews Mm -hmm. and shots from from the outside as well 
Okay. Um, do you think that uh, sometimes uh, Singapore is moving too, developing too fast? It's like 10 years later, you don't see this building anymore. Yeah. And when they remove things like, let's say, okay, uh, we give you the recent one, which is the Bukit Timah Turf Club. Mm. There's so much culture there, you know, and it has been there since the British introduced this spot. And I think that once you remove and you rebuild with something that integrates with the past, with some heritage stuff um, that is being inspired, it, it still doesn't bring back the feel of the entire place because it's sometimes it's community spirit. So once it's gone and over, overlaid by some another building, whatever design you come up with the, that, that pay homage to the community spirit, I, I don't think it, it's workable anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I think... Mm conservation is really important mm. and how old buildings can be adaptively mm. reused is mm. also a, a mm. really important discussion mm -hmm. yeah turf clubs um going to be a really interesting one to see mm -hmm. whether they can adaptively reuse mm -hmm. some of those structures for mm. another purpose rather mm -hmm. than demolishing it i agree that when you start from ground zero mm -hmm. you lose all sense yeah, of yeah. what was there before and yeah. the the richness of a place is built up over time yeah and you can't go from zero to to like a uh, you know, sense of place is just mm. not mm. created overnight mm. it's created up over decades yes centuries mm. sometimes mm. so to have a flavor of what was there before is really really um, mm. important mm. Um, and also, I, I guess, from a climate perspective as well, to demolish um, a structure mm. and build a new one is, is you know, mm. highly, uh, well, it's, mm. it's incredibly bad for the environment. So we mm. should think about very much um, adaptively reusing where we can. Um, but I do see moving forward that there's a lot more discussions about this. Mm -hmm. I think people care a lot more now. Mm. Um, there's been a few buildings which were demolished mm. uh, in the past well in the past years that I've been here mm. such as Pearl Bank Apartments oh yes that's unique yeah it was one of a kind mm. um, and of course the architects were all incredibly upset when mm. it was lost as well as the designer himself mm -hmm. uh, who pitched to, to, to save it but at the end of the day the on-block vote mm. won so at the end of the day um mm. You know, people care about uh, making their their profits. Mm. Um, yeah, and the building did have its mm. issues, mm -hmm. uh, maintenance. Mm. Um, so it's whether the building could have been saved, and mm -hmm. perhaps part of the site could be redeveloped. Part of it could be saved, rather than say just start again. Yeah, I think when the designers um, design Pearl Bank and even Golden Mile, mm. I think that was the golden age of creativity in Singapore mm. I, I don't know if you agree or not because uh, the next one to go is Golden Mile and I think buildings like that are really really truly unique yes because it belongs to the era yep and nowadays the buildings I see and I see what architects are doing is the same old shit it's like uh, okay I mean they they will have put in like connectivity whatever I mean it's u useful like, mm. but um I think that we should really like cherish this type of design because it's really out of our 
era right now. Yeah. Yeah, from the past. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Golden Miles is a really interesting one. Mm. And actually we're working on a second book at the moment mm. and that mm. one is a continuation of the unit series mm. but mm. focused purely on Golden Mile mm. complex. Mm. So we've been talking to the community there over the mm. past few years. Mm. They've all moved out now. Mm. It's going to be redeveloped. Mm. Uh, the main superstructure is going to be saved, but mm -hmm. the interior will be uh, completely redone. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because that building became, you know, Little Thailand, a Thai community yeah, 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 formed the Thai community. there over the years, mm. which I guess is, is a really interesting point uh, about Singapore is that you have these buildings which become uh, known for certain communities mm, mm. Uh, and everyone will go there on the weekend uh, supermarkets, restaurants are all mm. there um, and it was a, a mixed use building so they, they the people that ran some of the restaurants mm. and shops there, they lived upstairs mm -hmm. the shops downstairs mm, so mm. it's a really interesting vertical mm, mm. relationship Yeah, the, the mailbox are very interesting as well Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, it, it, it's sad because they've all been um, displaced now. So mm -hmm. the community has been fragmented. Mm. Uh, they've kind of um, been dispersed as as a group. But mm. I guess, yeah, it, it, it's hard. Yeah, mm. it's hard. Have you ever experimented with unconventional angles mm. or perspectives to portray local architecture? Mm. Because our spaces are so tight. Yep. I am a licensed drone pilot. <laughs> <laughs> and talking, I have found that... Talking about uh, drone, uh, yeah. it's very troublesome getting drone. Incredibly troublesome. Yeah, I think the paperwork is tougher than the... <laughs> You're absolutely right. There's a huge amount of paperwork. There's more paperwork than, yeah. than the flying part. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, um, North Point. We did a North Point project. Yeah. I don't know how to do that, man. <laughs> yeah, you have to call up the Air Force mm. and you know, mm. uh, negotiate for the permits mm -hmm. and you know, all the risk assessments. Mm. I don't yeah. see much people doing drones anymore. It's not worth it. Yeah, I, I'm also reconsidering. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, there's, there's demand for it, mm -hmm. but it's so troublesome. Mm. And for me, I value efficiency mm. and the system is not efficient. Mm. Maybe it will become efficient mm -hmm. in 10 years because it... Does it hinder <sighs> creativity? Yes. Like yes. How? Like how? So I, I was talking earlier about how I need the mm. specific light and it doesn't mm. come that often. Mm. But when I apply for a permit, it's for a specific time mm. and day. Mm. I also have to bring with me two safety oh. officers. So I have to plan it all way in advance. Oh, so they escort you too? The safety officers are there just to ensure safety so that no members of the public will kind of walk under the drone. And if, oh. if the Air Force rings me to say, you need to land, I can't pick up the phone because I'm flying. So mm -hmm. they have to call my safety officer um, so that's also another headache mm. for me to, to kind of bring these assistants with mm. me. Unless the, the project is not so near the airport. Nah. Oh, for any project. Oh, any it project. doesn't even matter if I'm flying 10 foot above the ground. I need it. What the fuck? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, and you have to pay for all the licenses annually and you now have to have trackers on the on the drone. 
Um, so that they have to have trackers on their drone now. Mm-hmm. So I think the aviation authority is mm. moving towards having a system where in lifetime they can mm-hmm. see all the drones in Singapore moving on a big map mm. um, and they can de-conflict, say, flights. And the mm. issue is that Singapore is so small and there's army bases everywhere that mm. there's always planes or helicopters mm-hmm. practicing or flying. Mm. Um, so the airspace is very congested. Mm. Uh, yeah, so to fly a small drone... Here mm. is uh, is tough, but drone perspective is really really handy for shooting mm. architecture because you are no longer defined to ground plane. Mm. So again, to show how building sits within its context, mm. uh, you can see it really well from from a drone point of view. Mm. I think it's the regulations and red tapes that hinders the creative work. Yeah, yeah, but then again, we are really so small, right? Yeah. Mm. But how does your photography aim to celebrate the heritage and identity embedded in local architecture? Mm. I mean, for me, I like to share my work with mm. a, an audience and perhaps have tell a story about it. Mm. And I saw your IG all over. <laughs> yeah, if if that can yeah. connect with someone yeah. um, and inspire them to kind of learn learn mm. more to kind of re-experience a place I think mm. I find that incredibly rewarding and satisfying mm. um, I'm not a man of many words mm-hmm. I like my photographs to do the talking mm-hmm. um, but I suppose say with the unit project mm. um, there's a lot of words to go with the photographs mm. which I guess adds another layer to the story the book is sold out right? it, 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 it is sold <laughs> out but the Golden Mile one should mm. be coming next year. All right. So there will be more. I let me book a copy first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I do like to have, um, you know, public exhibitions uh-huh. as well. So when I launch a project, to have uh, a space where you can view the photographs mm. off a screen, because mm. people consume my images on a mobile, mm. which is like yeah, yeah, five yeah. centimeters wide. Yeah, but the impact isn't really mm, it's felt. Not there. Yeah. So I like to see photographs big, mm-hmm. uh, printed big. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a different experience to mm-hmm. view mm-hmm. photography, mm-hmm. Uh, which is great. Pixel by pixel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so far, who, which project is your best? What you love <sighs> most? Hmm... I I wouldn't say that there's a best. Mm-hmm. Oh, you love there's... most? Your <laughs> favourite? Okay, my favourite yeah. for your work is the, I think, North Point City. Okay. Yeah, that was amazing. The shot when we yep. shoot over the the overhead bridge. And yeah. And it was uh, like a sunset. But okay. the sunset was reflecting on the condos. And somehow the... Mm. The because the the condos are above the interchange, mm. so somehow it gives a very nice yellow glow. Mm. You know, there's a glow to the condos itself, and yeah. it's evening. There's no extra light. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I like a painterly look, uh-huh. like almost impressionistic. Mm-hmm. And I love art, mm-hmm. so I go experience art mm-hmm. and that inspires the photography actually I'm not so much inspired mm-hmm. by other photographers mm. 
I'm inspired by other forms of art, mm-hmm. whether that's um, you know Renaissance paintings, the way they use color and light to mm-hmm. create an atmosphere mm-hmm. and a mood. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. In terms of my favorite, mm-hmm. uh, one of the ongoing series I'm doing at the moment is on rain, mm. and that's a series I've been working on. We have a lot of rain for, here. <laughs> yeah, for four. Five years now, I guess, mm. since I came. So, in fact, the commercial stuff is normally cancelled when it rains, mm. but the personal project continues then. Mm. So, if I see a storm, I will go out mm. and just uh, explore the city in the rain. Mm-hmm. So, there's a few images from that series which I love. Uh, some taken in, uh, near uh, the Padang. Mm-hmm. Where you see the rain trees, and mm. say maybe one person there with an mm. umbrella walking, mm-hmm. and I find it really powerful when you see mm. a silhouette of a person against the city, mm. and you get a really soft quality of light in the rain, mm. where kind of all the colours fade out, mm. uh, and some of that's been shot on film. Mm. So uh, something I enjoy as well, analog photography, mm-hmm. is. An experience, and mm. I enjoy the experience of shooting with those analog cameras. Sometimes I develop it myself. My mm-hmm. do- my bomb shelter in my house is a dark room, <laughs> so I got the chemicals in there. So uh. I go in the bomb shelter, mm. uh, develop the negatives, mm-hmm. and it's quite a slow process because mm. with digital, it's become very fast and convenient. Mm. And for me. It's very much about slowing down mm. and enjoy the process, enjoying it, and being present in the space where you are, because mm-hmm. that unlocks new ways of seeing. You see yes. space in a different way when you slow down and see it, yeah, mm. which you don't always see, and that's why I enjoy kind of going back to places to re. Reevaluate them, re-see it, because you always see something new. Mm. The way the light hits it in a different way, the way people use space in mm. in a different way. Mm. Other than that, uh, another series I really enjoyed was shot in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. It's called Dead Space, mm-hmm. and again, I shot that over many years. Every time I went to Hong Kong, I would visit different graveyards. Ah, I I I saw that. Oh yeah, you TikTok. told me it, yeah, yeah, it was TikTok. You saw it on TikTok. I don't use TikTok. Yeah, that's, but that's very strange. It was going viral on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this was many years after I had mm. made the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are really powerful images. So mm. I can see why people are super intrigued by them. Because mm. you have these vertical cemeteries which are mm. built into the sides of mountains. Yeah, and I shot them. With telephoto lenses and drone mm. to get a very specific um, look, where the graveyards are kind of juxtaposed with the city, mm-hmm. so you read it in a different way. Mm. Um, yeah, that was uh, one of my favorite projects. Do you get tired? Tired of being a uh, creative. Do you get tired? Like, um, I can't do anything. I can't do anything today. I can't do anything this week. I can't think. <laughs> <laughs> I break up the tiredness mm. with variety. Mm. If I did the same projects mm. too much, I get tired. Mm-hmm. 
if I'm shooting a lot of interiors or a lot of houses, it gets repetitive because there's only so many ways you can shoot it. Mm. Um, so, I mean, beyond photography, I explore many different art forms. I mean, the book is, is one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm currently working on a sculpture mm-hmm. uh, for one of the upcoming MRT stations. Oh, yeah, yeah. How is it? So, yeah, that's getting there. Mm. That, that project is a really long one. Mm. We, we were engaged a few years ago. Mm. It's not going to be built, or it's not going to be completed for another four years, I mm. think. Mm-hmm. So it will be in construction stage perhaps in a year or two. Mm. So that's one project which I kind of, if I need to do something different, okay, yeah. I can focus on that for uh, a while. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so it's about moving between different projects and that's how I stay uh, fresh, I guess. Mm, mm. Yeah. And I suppose that comes from my architectural background as well. Studying architecture mm. is a confluence of creative creativity mm. um and that is within me i guess so it's mm. not singularity into photography it's mm. it's kind of broader although in a commercial sense so um, i would say that your relationship with your creativity is fabulous yeah you could say <laughs> that <laughs> yeah and i i guess um when it comes to artistic mm. Um, professions uh, it's it's about balancing um, financials at the end of the day mm-hmm. so certain balances have to be made mm-hmm. in terms of uh, the business mm-hmm. and that also determines like how time is spent because mm. um, at the end of the day you have this many hours in the day and it's how how to be efficient mm. how to create the best work Um, and how to enjoy it as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it's a balance, it. a balance yeah. of those things. Yeah. Have you ever get uh, imposter syndrome? What's imposter syndrome? <laughs> <laughs> so, you, see, I mean, do you really have it, or or you? As in, what's in, what's the imposter? Who's the imposter? I mean, yourself. Am I an imposter? No, no, no. I mean, I mean, do you have it? Like, you're not good enough. Uh, I always try to do better, <laughs> to, to to improve and uh-huh, to do uh-huh. the very best. Um, uh-huh. And to do the very best, there are things beyond your control. Mm. So sometimes luck is on your side. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... Uh, Yeah, <laughs> but I'm dedicated to to really. Uh, if I have something in my mind, I will go back again and again and again until I get it. Until you get it. Yeah, yeah. That's the spirit. Yeah, yeah. And that could involve, you know, waiting on a corner for an hour. If if I want, you know, a person to be in the right spot mm-hmm. in my photo, mm-hmm. I will stand on a corner. For an hour until that person comes. Sometimes they won't come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. Can you share a story of a photograph where the architectural subject held personal significance, or evoke a, pers- a powerful emotional response? 
because mm. you know uh, architecture sometimes it's it's very it's just a building mm. so how do you have any of that emotional response mm. for me emotion is found in light mm. certain times of the day mm. so for me capturing that uh, emotion through light together with uh, people because mm-hmm. uh, people tell people tell the story of the building because mm. the building is built for these people mm. um, I mean a lot of my photographs have people in them but but they're not the subject they're mm. kind of just inhabitants mm, mm. using um, the spaces that's right so mm. it, it's they add a layer of narrative mm. to to the images mm-hmm. and for me it's storytelling narrative um i don't think there's any specific um project i mean the ones i talked about were say like the rain um is is seeing how people uh react to mm-hmm. it say so i kind of second guess in my mind how will people behave when mm. uh, it rains and mm. I will plan it in my mind okay people are going to run mm-hmm. this way <laughs> and I will position myself uh, mm. with that in mind mm. so I have these I have all these images in in my mind mm. and then it's about creating them ah, yeah okay, so I plan okay. things okay. but having said that even if you plan things uh-huh. uh, the unexpected will come Yes, and yes. quite often that can be yes. even better yeah. than uh, mm-hmm. the ones that you planned. It really depends, you know. Some people, if they don't have a positive mindset, they will mm. just take it differently. That uh, uh, this is a problem instead of yes. this is a challenge, which it will make it better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It really depends on the on the individual's mindset. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, last question. As a photographer, what advice would you give to aspiring f- architecture photographers in Singapore? Mm. Or even to your peers? <laughs> <laughs> I would say keep shooting mm-hmm. what you love mm-hmm. and then define that. De- if you shoot what you love, that will define you and, mm. and say your style and your interests. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that will kind of um, develop over time. Because I wasn't taught photography. Oh, okay. Yeah, you you yeah yourself taught that. Like, That's right. Okay. I studied architecture. Mm. Um, but even at school, uh, you know, nobody ever mm. uh, talked to me about it. Mm. Um, so I learned through practice mm. and experimentation mm-hmm. and I think for me that was the best way mm. I think sure someone can can teach you the, the technicals mm-hmm. um, and I suppose the technicals are quite you know straightforward to grasp mm. there's only so many settings mm. um, but really the skill and the value of the photographer is mm. themselves yes it's the eye and it's their personal mm. take on seeing space. Mm. So when someone employs me or commissions me, um, it's not about the equipment or mm. you know 
It's coming from my you education. as an artist. It's coming from yeah, yeah myself, the way I see space. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I appreciate the clients that value that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, I think that's all. That's all for today, Finn. So thank you for the chat. Thank you for yeah, coming. Yeah, first podcast like first this. First podcast. Are you excited? Do you still want to talk more? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man of few words. <laughs> Not really. You see how much have you been talking? You've been talking about like forty five minutes. <laughs> that's the longest conversation we ever had. Yeah. <laughs> So what's next for you? I I have another commercial shoot uh, straight after this, and it's a very lovely sunny day. Mm -hmm. So I have some shots in mind. So I'm going to okay. rush off to to Dawson to ah okay okay to get some. It's a Sunday as well, so mm -hmm. Sundays are good for you know families and children oh, playing in the okay, sun. Okay, okay, so. okay. It'll be happy commercial images being made this yeah, afternoon. Yeah, it's, it's not really easy to capture like a sunny Sunday with a lot of people. Or else nowadays it's like August really. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, you know I have to work weekends, but you know maybe I'll take Monday off if I can. <laughs> You're your own boss. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, thank you everyone for listening to this uh, episode. So I'll see you next two weeks. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Right, bye. Bye.